Welcome to Slim and Satisfied, a podcast about weight loss for women dealing with hormonal imbalances. I'm Daphna Chazen, registered dietitian and weight loss coach, and I invite you to join me weekly for conversations, practical strategies, and resources that will lead you on the right path to feeling satisfied with your body and your life. And now, let's get to today's episode. And welcome back. I'm so excited that you've decided to join me today for episode number 35 of the Slim and Satisfied podcast. I'm your host, Daphna Chazen. And if you're new to me or you're tuning in for the first time today, welcome. I'm so very grateful that you've chosen to listen to this podcast. I am a registered dietitian and I help women with hormonal issues and conditions like PCOS lose weight, heal their body, and reduce symptoms. And on this podcast, I focus on a variety of topics all related to healthy eating, meal planning, prepping your food, and making sure that you take ownership of your health through a healthy nutrition plan. So if you're someone who's interested in healing your body through good food, good nutrition, and healthy eating habits, you're in the right place. So welcome. Today on the podcast, we're going to talk about how to set up a healthy eating environment right in your own personal space, in your home. The reason that this is so important is that studies have shown that the way our food environment is set up really dictates a lot of our food decisions. So it really impacts how we behave around food, what kind of food we choose to eat, and how much we eat of it. So if you're someone who's interested in mindfulness and you've been trying to pay closer attention to the way that you consume food, you may have noticed that we're exposed to a lot of food in our day, right? Throughout the day, and especially now, I'm recording this in December, as we're approaching the holiday season or we're already in the thick of it, in the thick of the holiday season, there's a lot of food around, right? So when you go to the office, when you go to the bank, where you go everywhere to people's houses, There's food all around. And many times we find ourselves eating just because. Just because a candy dish was right there, just because I walked by a pizza crust, or just because I walked by a half-eaten piece of cake at the office. These are all examples of instances in our day where we eat mindlessly just because of the way our environment is set up. So this is the topic that I wanted to focus on today because small tweaks and changes, and if you're being intentional and mindful about how you set up your environment, you could be making major changes for the better in the way that you eat. And one of the reasons that I wanted to record this episode is a conversation that we had in my group coaching program the other day when some of the ladies were talking about going to fast food um, locations and ordering healthier options off of the menu. So they were asking, well, if I go to Taco Bell, can I just order a salad and would that be okay to do? And of course the answer is yes. And we were talking about having a plan when you go out to eat or when you stop to uh, grab something at a fast food location There's always a plan to be made, right? So there's always a good option that you could be choosing. There's always a way to tweak what you order to make it slightly healthier, but that's not really the point. What we were talking about is, while that's all good and fine to do, if you end up going to Taco Bell or Burger King or McDonald's or wherever it is that you're thinking about that is your go-to place— Think about how you're going to feel when you're in that environment. So if you go to the place, you look at the menu, you're already standing there, you're looking at all the options, all your favorite meals, all the things that you used to get, 
and then seeing and smelling all the other things that you may want and desire more than that salad, how are you going to feel in that situation? That environment can make you change up your mind, right? So we behave in a certain way when we are surrounded by food that's appealing to us. And many times having those good intentions or having the, so to speak, right plan is just not enough. So you always want to think about what situations you're putting yourself in and not just, you know, oversimplifying it and saying, okay, I'll go to Taco Bell and get a salad. That may not be what ends up happening. So I want you to really be mindful of that and make sure that whatever situation or scenario you put yourself in is one that you can actually come out the other end making a good decision and feeling good about it and not feeling like you're overly deprived and restricted or on the other hand, feeling like you failed, right? You went in wanting a salad, but you ended up getting tacos, right? So these are the situations where your food environment and the situations that you put yourself in really matter. Now, in some cases, you're not going to have much control. You're not going to have much of a choice. So if you're going to a party or you're going to someone's house, there's less of a chance that you're going to be able to control what options are there, although there are a lot of things that you could do about it and reintroduce some of that control back. But what I want to focus on today is not that. I want to focus on what you can do in your own home, in your own personal space to make the best decisions possible without being influenced by your environment in a negative way. So if you find yourself grabbing food without paying attention, eating on the go, grabbing snacks or grazing mindlessly, and then catching yourself and feeling really guilty or getting discouraged since it's too hard to stop this pattern, I want to help you regain some of that control back with today's episode since I'll be walking you through a few actionable steps that you can take so that food doesn't just happen to you, right? You're more intentional with it and you're setting up your environment in a very strategic way to prevent mindless eating and also prevent you from eating something and then feeling like that wasn't worth it or I didn't intend on eating it, I just ate it because it was there. We're going to be focusing on three specific areas in your kitchen because I think that spending time on tweaking and organizing these areas in the way that I'll teach you today is going to give you the best return on your time investment. And that's the best, right? We don't want to be spending time making healthy changes, making all these modifications if we're not going to see the results. So trust me when I tell you, if you pay attention to these three areas in your kitchen and you make some of the tweaks that I'll teach you today, you're going to be eating differently. You're going to be eating in a way that's much more intentional and strategic, and that always means that you're going to see results, whether it's weight loss, whether it's getting more energy, whether it's having less cravings, not feeling like you're addicted to sugar. These are all things that you could be experiencing by focusing on these three areas. Let's get started with the first area, which is our kitchen counters. So as you likely know, kitchen counters can get very cluttered, very quickly and easily. When you think about all the mail, the random papers, the unused appliances that we all keep on our kitchen counters, Amazon boxes, everything that you get, everything that comes into your house generally lands on your kitchen counters. It's kind of like the catch-all area of all things. And the reason that getting your kitchen counters to be so cluttered can cause poor decision-making around food is really there are two reasons. The first one is that when your kitchen counter environment is cluttered, it can cause a lot of stress and it can cause a feeling of lack of control over our space. And that's been shown in studies. 
So when we feel like we have no control over our space, we also tend to believe that we have no self-control and we have no control over our food decisions. So basically, it gives food this power over us and we end up eating from a place of feeling disorganized, feeling helpless, and overeating often becomes a normal pattern. So we know from studies that people eat more when they're in a messy kitchen environment versus a clean, tidy kitchen. So these are things that are really interesting. They may not make sense or be intuitive for you to think about, and that's okay because we're used to it, right? So if you're used to a certain pattern of eating or if your kitchen counters are always looking a certain way, you may not realize the impact that that may have. But what we know is that when people consume food in a disorganized environment, in a place that's cluttered, the choices are usually not great and they usually overeat. So we eat the wrong stuff and we eat too much of it. So as I said, this is all related to the stress that's usually generated when we're in a disorganized environment, as well as the fact that we now feel like food has power over us because we lack self-control or we just feel overwhelmed because looking at everything that we need to go through, all the things that we need to organize, all the stuff that's around feels like too much. So I always would resort to the easiest way out, which is generally eating things that are not the best for me. Which leads me to the second reason why being cluttered and having counters that are disorganized may lead to unhealthy eating, and that is the availability of unhealthy items, right? So there are things on your counter that are easily accessible and available to you, and you visually encounter them all the time, right? You see them every single time you walk by your kitchen, and those are typically things like cookie jars that are beautifully arranged, right? I have a friend who does all these fancy arrangements of Oreo cookies in a glass jar and it looks so beautiful or all these bowls of candy that has these shiny wrappers. So of course I'm going to be grabbing those items way more quickly than the cut up vegetables that are laying in my fridge, right? I don't see those. Those are inside my fridge. What I see all the time is the cookie jar, the candy, the things that are on my counter, maybe sugary cereals or things like that. That's accessible, that's available, that's going to be quick. And again, the more I see it, the more I get used to wanting it and eating it. So I think you get the point, but I wanted you to really understand that the goal with counters is fairly simple. We want to minimize clutter because it can lead to stress, can lead to mindless eating. And we want to make sure that we reduce the exposure to unhealthy food And we do that by not only keeping the counters clear of all of those items, but you also want to come up with a system for non-food items, for the mail, for the boxes. These are all things that should have a place where they go so they don't accumulate and cause more stress for you. I did a great episode with Emma Anderson. She's a professional organizer, and I believe it was episode number 23, and she spoke about whether or not you should keep things and how to decide what things you're going to be using and what things you should be throwing away. A lot of the papers and mail and things that we keep, we actually don't need. So you want to come up with some sort of an organization system. And I'm going to link to her blog because she has a lot of great suggestions there. But definitely go back and listen to that episode because we talked specifically about kitchen counters. The other thing that I'm going to say about kitchen counters is that What you can do that's going to help you is why not cue the positive things, right? Why not help yourself 
do more of the things that you want to do more of, like drinking water. So if you keep nice little water bottles stacked up nicely on your kitchen counter in a little corner where you can grab and go, or the little fizzy waters like Hint or LaCroix or all of those little fancy waters where if you wanted a special treat or something interesting to drink that's hydrating, zero calories, no artificial sweeteners, you can keep those little cans on the counter and just grab one as you go by. So that's going to help you to improve hydration. You're going to be feeling good. You're going to be feeling like you're doing something that's healthy for yourself. Or of course, you could also be putting out a fruit bowl or making sure that you're including snacks that are healthy in those clear jars. So if you remove the cookies but replace them with 100-calorie packs of nuts or a granola bar that you know is good, or maybe something like little individual bags of popcorn, you can stack those in there. Just make sure that what you're putting in front of you, what you're going to be visually exposed to in your kitchen is something that's healthy and that you want to be doing more of. Moving on to the next focus area, and that's going to be your pantry. So this is kind of like a black hole of all kinds of snacks and food items from many people, half-open bags of pretzels and Ritz crackers. And guess what? When I see a half-open sleeve of Oreos or Ritz in my pantry, because I have kids and I do buy those things from time to time, I make it my mission to finish that half-eaten sleeve of Oreos. And the same goes for the two remaining pretzel rods that are lonely and all of those things. So you get the point, and I think you know what I'm talking about. I want you to make sure that you're being extra mindful about your pantry because the goal here is that you do not have too many temptations in your personal space. If you're someone who's struggling with eating too many snacks, or if you're someone who just enjoys going back and forth to the pantry and seeing, hmm, what else can I find in here? And many of my clients are like that. And again, when I have those temptations in my environment, I'm like that too. So what I always tell clients is that if you're trying to adopt healthy habits, if you're trying to minimize snacking or snack in a way that's a little bit more intentional and mindful, you can't have too many temptations in your pantry. You can't have all these distractions in your personal space that are going to be pulling you away from the healthy habits that you're trying to adopt. One of the main reasons why people eat or overeat, I should say, even past the point of fullness is large packages and containers. And when I first became a dietitian, I used to go to people's homes and do a pantry makeover session. And when I opened the pantry, I could immediately tell if someone's a Costco, a BJ's, or a Sam's Club member because they had all these oversized packages all over the place. And ever since then, I always say bulk packaging is great for vegetables and it's great for toilet paper, but not for much else. So keep that in mind, especially if these items are packing a hefty calorie punch. So what does this mean? It means that there are certain foods that we tend to buy in bulk and are actually very high in calories. Things like trail mix, crackers, peanut butter, mixed nuts, granola bars, candy, of course, and even things that don't go in the pantry like cheese or um, all kinds of breads. These are things that can come in big packages. We eat them frequently, so we want to make sure that we're getting a good deal. We're getting value. But again, those bigger packages are actually making you eat more and not feeling any more full. So we know that people who eat from bigger packages, bigger containers, 
consume more, but they actually don't report to be fuller than the people who eat the right amount, the right serving size. So this is really interesting because it basically means that we eat past the point of fullness and it's very mindless. We're not getting any additional benefits from it, but we are getting the extra calories, of course. There was one really famous study that demonstrated this in a very interesting way. It was done with college students, and those college students were divided into two groups. One group went to the movies with a big bucket of stale popcorn. So each student got a big bucket of stale popcorn, and they went to the movies. And the other group went to the same movies, same type of college students, same age, and all of that where they were matched. But those people in that group got a normal size bucket of fresh popcorn. And when they left the movies, they measured what was left and they saw that the people who ate stale popcorn ate more. And what was really interesting is that they surveyed them and they asked them, well, how was the movie? And they said, great, how was the popcorn? And the people who got the stale popcorn said, it was horrible, it was stale. And they still overate even though they didn't enjoy it. So. Just because they had a bigger bucket, they ended up eating more than the people who had a normal size bucket with fresh popcorn, which was perfectly delicious. So this is something that demonstrates that we oftentimes eat based on what the package size is or how much we have left on the plate or in the container. We don't really check in with our body to first say, First of all, is this food enjoyable, right? Stale popcorn is definitely not enjoyable. And secondly, how am I feeling? Am I getting full? Should I stop eating? So pay close attention to anything that you have in your pantry that's in large packages because it is really important. And then the second thing I'm gonna say about the pantry is the variety. How much variety, how many types of cookies or crackers or candy or salty snacks you have in your pantry really makes a difference. Most people have a lot. They have maybe five or seven different types of each one of these categories of food. And what happens is we want to sample all of them. We want to try all of them. So when a craving hits or when we need a snack, especially in the evening, we don't want to be faced with too many options because that can lead to decision fatigue and it can leave us a little bit feeling like we have food FOMO, right? We don't want to miss out. We don't want to make a decision and then not eat this other thing that's right there. So oftentimes, this can lead to a very vicious cycle of snacking at night, and we go back between salty and sweet and salty again, and we want to try all the different things that we have at home. That's the reason why I really believe that in your pantry, you want to look at packages like we just said, but most importantly, you want to limit the variety. You want to streamline the offering that you have because that's going to be a great way to reduce temptation and make your choices more limited, which is a good thing because then you're going to be spending less time making food decisions, especially when you're tired or stressed or you had a long day. It's going to serve you better. And it's going to make you have better weight loss results and better chances of balancing your hormones because you're not going to be mindlessly snacking on empty calories and foods that are not nutritious. So I would definitely downsize containers and reduce the different types of snacks that you have on hand. And if you go to daphnachazen.com forward slash PCOS plan, I have a great guide to walk you through exactly how to do that. It's called the PCOS Proof Kitchen Guide, and it's a step-by-step-by-step process that will help you eliminate unhealthy items from your home 
and also show you what you need to stock up on to start seeing weight loss and less PCOS symptoms. It also has a bonus meal plan that everyone who's gotten it has been loving. So go to DaphnaChazen.com forward slash PCOS plan and you can download a copy right there. One of the steps in the guide is all about how to purge your pantry, what specific things you need to be looking at and what specific food items you need to be either removing or storing in a different way. So I go through all of that in the guide. Make sure you go to daphnachazen.com forward slash PCOS plan and you can grab a copy right there. Let's move on to talking about the third and final focus area, which is your fridge. The goal here is to make healthy choices easy to make and convenient to grab. So in order to do this, we may want to ignore the fridge design because the fridge is designed to keeping produce and other fresh item kind of stashed away in various drawers in your fridge. And this is another thing I spoke to Emma Anderson about. It's episode number 23. So you can go back and listen to that when you get a chance because we talked about how to ignore your fridge design to make sure that you're prioritizing healthy eating. So there are great tips in that episode, and it was all about how to organize your kitchen space. So one of the things we spoke about is to ignore your fridge design so that healthy items, certain items are taken out of drawers and places where they're hard to see and placed front and center so that the first thing you encounter when you open the door of your fridge is those cut up vegetables, is your hard boiled eggs, is the fresh proteins. All the things that you wanna be eating more of should be front and center and available immediately as soon as you open the fridge. Another important thing that I always recommend is to group items together. So you wanna make it really easy to make good combinations of foods. For example, place the hummus next to your cut up veggies. Make sure all your yogurt is in the same location. So you may wanna use small clear bins to organize all your dairy items together. And you can place that next to some cut up fruit. So those two things are easy to grab when you're leaving the house in the morning. Those are all little things that you can do to rearrange your fridge in a way that makes healthy eating more intuitive and easier to do. The other thing that you wanna be paying attention is how much packaging and bags are around fruits and vegetables. Remove all those plastic bags, remove the fruit from the crisper, you wanna put them at eye level, and you wanna make sure that you're storing snackable items, things like baby carrots and celery sticks, in smaller Ziplocs so they're easy to take on the go. And if you're someone who's not good about going for vegetables, even when you see them, you can take it a step further and buy vegetable platters that are already cut up. Even if you end up eating it with a little bit of dip and it makes it more exciting for you and more interesting and you're gonna go back and eat more of those vegetables, Go for it, do it, take as much help from the store as possible, but again, make sure that you're placing that platter of already cut up vegetables at eye level, and right when you open the fridge, you're gonna be seeing it, and hopefully you'll get in the habit of going for that as a snack as opposed to something else that's less healthy, and you're much more likely to do that now if those unhealthy snacks are not on the counter and you're also not having too much variety of them in your pantry. See how it all works together? All right, I hope you found some helpful tips in today's episode. Go ahead and take a look at your kitchen counters, your pantry, and your fridge and see what types of things are gonna work for you and your family 
to help you reach those health goals faster and more easily. I would love to hear from you. So if you want to reach out to me, I'm over on Instagram at PCOS Nutritionist Daphna. I would love to see you there. I share a lot of great recipes and tips as well as other resources that are all free over there on IG. And I'm also on Facebook at the same handle at PCOS Nutritionist Daphna. I hope to see you there. And until next time, take care of your body. Bye for now.